0: I plan on spending my life searching for answers to the most important questions. This podcast is all about bringing you along for that ride. Now, let's go chase some uncertainty. What is up, guys? Welcome back to the Ashley O Show. I'm really excited that you are here today because we have a really, really juicy topic. Let's talk about sex. This can be an extremely sensitive topic, but it's also extraordinarily important when it comes to our actual health, and it's often overlooked. But sex is actually so vital for the strength of our mental health, for our physical health, for the health of our relationships and our body image confidence. The benefits of strong sexual health go far beyond the bedroom. And I'm going to tell you, initially, I was... A little nervous to talk about this on the podcast because I was worried that it might offend someone or that it'd be inappropriate. But just those two thoughts alone tell you how much we have been programmed to believe that this is something we shouldn't talk about. And so I knew that I had to talk about it because we have to normalize these conversations. We have to be able to talk about sex and sexual health for all of our sakes, so that we don't have to feel alone, so that we can improve and grow and build stronger relationships with our partners and ourselves. All of the information that I'm going to share today is for you, whether you have a partner or not. It doesn't actually matter. Your sexual orientation doesn't matter. Your marriage status doesn't matter. Your relationship status doesn't matter. Sexual health is for everyone. Also, before we dive in to some of the common barriers to sexual health and how to overcome them, that's like the big bulk of today's topic. But before we dive into that, I want to touch on something that I feel really strongly about. I feel really passionate about that I don't think we talk about enough when it comes to sex is that female pleasure is not prioritized enough, especially in heterosexual couples. There is a huge gap in the rate of orgasms between females and males and obviously i'm sure you can guess it favors the male 95 percent of the time for straight men they reach completion in a sexual experience versus as little as 40 to 65 percent of women actually get to reach that point i think that there are so many factors at play when it comes to that statistic and one of them that's huge is the shame and guilt That women are taught to associate with sexual experiences and desire and fantasy, all of those things. It's not as normalized. We don't talk about it. The porn industry is definitely geared towards men over women. There is loads of stigma behind purchasing things like vibrators or other tools or toys, lubrication, all that stuff. There's tons of stigma that fall behind those tools as well. And it's just more difficult. It takes more effort, typically, for a female to reach completion. And so there's just not a lot of priority put in the effort that it takes. And so too many women are satisfied with this idea that the man finishes and she does not. And I just want to point that out because I think that that is problematic. And I think we need to get to a point where it's very normal for both partners to always finish and always leave the experience feeling satisfied. And this really comes down to healing a lot of the things that we're going to talk about, but the big one of the biggest pieces is removing the shame and the guilt and communicating. It's about women learning about their bodies, figuring out what works for them, and being able to communicate what they actually need in the bedroom and in their sexual experiences. And it's really going to take Normalizing these conversations. This has just to, this just needs to become a normal thing that we talk about with our partners that doesn't have to feel so uncomfortable or forbidden or shameful or sinful. I mean, even going back to like health class, I remember that the boys really the focus was that they got condoms and the girls watched videos of live births in order to scare us into not having babies. Like, that divide alone it tells us something about our priorities as a society when it comes to sexual health. And women typically carry the larger burden of birth control rather than men who have the capacity to have way more children and cause way more pregnancies. I mean, I actually just saw this article recently that they they have been doing some research and, and creating some forms of male birth control. I think they are using the contraceptive, like the pill method, and they actually just halted the study that they're doing because there were some negative fi- side effects that they found for this male birth control, and they called them devastating, and it was like acne, it was like uh, mood changes, and decreased libido. Those were considered devastating when the side effects that come along with female birth control have widely just been accepted. Tons of young girls are put on hormonal birth control, which have horrible side effects, some of them life-threatening and ultimately life-altering, and that just is accepted versus if that happens to the males in our society, we immediately halt a study. You can just see the lack of of equality in that experience. So it's no wonder that the priority is put on male pleasure over female pleasure. But I do think we need to change this conversation and change the expectation when it comes to that experience. Obviously, I could go on 5,000 different tangents and I could rant on this forever. I would love to do more episodes on sex. If you guys are interested in this topic, let me know. I have a billion ideas and a million things to talk about so that we can just normalize this conversation. But today, I really want to focus on one big piece, which is some of the common barriers to having a healthy sex life and some ideas on how to overcome these barriers. The first thing I want to talk about is low libido or low sex drive. Now, there are huge individual differences when it comes to whatever your natural sex drive is. But if this has changed for you or if you feel like you have no sex drive at all, this can indicate that there's something else going on. So I just want you to consider that as it can be a red flag for some of these other factors so that you can make some changes to alter this so that you can improve your sexual health. But Let's just dive into some of the things that can influence libido that we have a little bit more control over. So the first is hormone imbalances, especially for females, we can get to this point where there's an imbalance of our hormones and it impacts things, especially like our libido. So if you think this might be true for you, I highly recommend that you get tested in some way, work with your practitioner. If you are struggling to find a practitioner who will test you hormonally, I would encourage you to explore integrative options because there are some uh, doctors who don't do this very often, especially in Western medicine. I know for myself, um, I've been concerned that I may have some sort of hormonal imbalance and I struggled to get tested because it just didn't. Most of the doctors said it wasn't, it likely wasn't that. It wasn't a priority. I didn't need testing when that's actually what I wanted. So sometimes it does take a little bit more effort, but I would encourage you to get tested because there are therapies that can help improve this balance. And there are a number of factors that we can start to incorporate into our lives that can improve our hormone balance as well. The next is high chronic stress. Chronic stress has an impact on basically every area of our life, but one of them is definitely impacting our sex drive. So in order to improve this, we have to deal with the stress. So to help you decrease the amount of stress in your day-to-day life, to decrease that, com- that chronic stress, I'd encourage you to make sure that you're getting enough sleep to decrease your experience with high-intensity exercise because that can be extremely stressful for the body add in extra self-care, add in exercise and movement in a way that supports you, and then make sure that you are eating enough. That is also critical because chronic dieting is also extremely stressful for the body. The next is medications. There are certain medications that can certainly decrease our sex drive. There are certain medications that increase sex drive. So some of the common players that can decrease libido are birth control, antidepressants or other uh, mental health medications, some allergy medications, and hypertension medications. Now, never just stop taking a medication cold turkey without speaking with your medical team. That is extremely dangerous. So I do not want you to stop any of these medications because they are impacting your sex drive without talking to someone. You can talk to your doctor and see if there's a different medication that might work for you or if there's a dosage change or what is the best fit moving forward. But do not just stop taking these medications. But I just want you to know that they have that impact so that you can examine that in your life. If you just added a new medication and you suddenly had a change in your libido, that might be the culprit. So it may be time to discuss if there are other options for you. So just notice that for yourself. The next is for females specifically having our cycle different phases of our cycle have different impacts on our sex drive. So we tend to have higher sex drives when we are ovulating and menstruation leading up to those points we have higher sex drive which makes sense evolutionarily because it's encouraging us to have sex so that we can get pregnant and produce offspring, right? Makes sense. But Other phases of our cycle, we have a lower sex drive, so that is very normal, but if you are noticing that you are very irregular in your cycle and that's having an impact, that may indicate that hormone imbalance and testing may be a good move to see if there's anything you can do to resolve that. So gaining awareness is also an important thing when it comes to understanding our cycle, so if you can gain better awareness of your cycle and how it works, that's also going to give you lots of data to help improve this as well. The next is mental health. Any mental health struggles that aren't being dealt with will definitely have an impact on sex drive and can get in the way and be a barrier for you in your experience with sexual health. So make sure that you are talking with a therapist, working on self-care, adding any medications that might be appropriate for you to deal with those underlying issues. And then the last is relationship struggles. So if you and your partner are struggling, if you are fighting a lot, if there's tension, if there's unresolved conflict... Those things are definitely going to get in the way of you having a healthy sex life and a healthy sex drive. In order to overcome this, you have to get to the root of what's going on. So really, it comes down to improved communication with your partner about whatever's going on for you too. Maybe some therapy or couples therapy to help support you. And then also one thing that I always like to recommend is increasing dating behaviors, especially if you have been with your partner for a long time and you feel like you're kind of in a rut, you've gotten this routine where the spark just isn't there anymore. Going back to the phase where it feels like you're dating again or engaging in those behaviors again, where you make time and prioritize that time to be alone with each other, to date, to go out to eat by yourselves, without the kids, without other influences, making time to prioritize your relationship and that spark again is the best way for you to improve that. So just to recap, low libido can be caused by a lot of things, but some of the highlights are hormone imbalances, high chronic stress, medications, mental health, and relationship struggles. The next thing I want to talk about, that's another big juicy one, is low arousal. And this one I really want to talk about when it comes to the female experience, because I think so many women struggle because they don't have enough time devoted to their arousal. Because it's not like you can just flip a switch, unfortunately. And for men, I think it's a little bit easier to get to this point to get turned on than it is for women. It takes a little bit more work for us. So I want to highlight some things that we can do to help improve female arousal so that the experience is better for both partners. The first you've heard about, I'm sure, is foreplay. This is humongous for women especially. It's important for both people. It's important to have a really fulfilling experience in the bedroom But for women specifically, we need that time in order to get aroused. We can't just flip a switch, like I said, and it doesn't just take two seconds. And most women are not aroused by penetrative sex alone. So foreplay is so important so that the experience is positive for both people. So make sure that you're taking time for both physical foreplay and emotional foreplay, especially for women. I think that there is... An importance to that emotional foreplay of dating behavior or just the teasing part or the talking about it or whatever it is, the preparation for the actual sex can be really helpful for female arousal as well as making that experience really intimate. Adding in that romance can be helpful for your experience in the bedroom too. But physical foreplay is also vital. So experiment, have fun, bring in toys, bring in other methods. But figure out a way to make time for that piece. That is usually what's missing in the experience is that we kind of just worry about getting in and getting out, which is not what's going to be helpful for the female experience specifically. So if you want to enjoy that more or if you want your partner to enjoy their experience more, we have to make time. For women, I think that it's extremely important to make sure that we are having enough solo sessions to get to know our bodies, to get to know what we like and what we don't like, what feels good, what doesn't. Increasing self-awareness through solo behaviors is really helpful so that they can translate into the bedroom so that you know what to ask for, so you know what feels good. So this is a great place to use tools and toys as well. We have to get rid of the stigma behind buying these items. And especially today there are so many online platforms that allow you to buy them in a discreet way. So it, that doesn't need to get in your way. There are so many options and so many great products out there to help in this process and to give you the best experience possible. And through this experience, you'll get more self-discovery to the point where you know what you like. And being able to tell your partner or tell whoever you're working with or tell yourself what you like in bed and what you don't is very powerful. And the last thing I want to touch on is... Ensuring that you are using lubrication in whatever you're doing, that's foreplay and actual penetrative sex as well. This is often overlooked because there's this idea that we should create enough lubrication on our own, like naturally which is highly dependent on so many factors, genetics, what we eat, hydration. There are so many things that are completely out of our control when it comes to how much lubrication we produce naturally. But there's this misconception that if a woman isn't wet enough, that she either isn't attracted to the person or she's not aroused enough or whatever, when there are so many other barriers. So we need to get in the habit of always using lubrication because it just improves your experience. It just helps with preventing any discomfort. It makes the whole experience feel better because you prevent any ideas of like friction or pain that's associated with sex. And so many of us are so ashamed to need lubrication that we aren't, and then we aren't having a good experience with sex. The next barrier that I think is really common is distraction. So many of us have so many stressors in our lives. We come home from work and we're just not in the mood because so much happened. We're distracted. We can't focus. We're just in the bedroom altogether. We're worried about how we look or what our face is doing or whether our partner is finding us attractive or we're so worried about so many other things that we're distracted. And without focus, we can't really enjoy the experience. We're missing that. It's a barrier for us. And so we have to make sure that we are avoiding distraction as much as possible. That might mean that you need to make sure that you're de-stressing a little bit more before you have sex, adding in meditation, adding in more self-care. The other way to increase your focus and kind of remove the distractions is to block a sense. So if you put a blindfold on, if you block your hearing in some way, You can, by taking out one sense, it helps you focus on your other senses so you can focus on the sensations rather than other distractions, especially visual distractions because that can be a barrier for many women, especially because a lot of us just have low body esteem, which improved sexual health actually helps with our body image and our confidence, but we have to get past that barrier first in order to improve our sexual experience. So blocking a sense can be helpful. Another barrier is shame, and this can be extremely complex. It can come from trauma. So if you have any sexual trauma as well, that is something that you have to deal with first. With a therapist, do do a lot of internal work on that. I am not a therapist, so I cannot tell you the answer to that question. But if you are someone who has experienced any sort of sexual trauma, that has to go through therapy. Like you need the support in order to heal that. It's not something you can just flip a switch on and get rid of. But even if you do not have trauma and you are just experiencing shame when it comes to thinking about sex or your experience with it, therapy can be extremely powerful for getting through that shame as well. Doing that work is vital in order to heal that relationship. So there are sex-specific therapists, but any therapist should be able to help you cope with that shame. Uh, self-discovery and exploration can help with getting through body shame especially, uh, adding an extra practice, improving your confidence. All of those things are going to help with the shame associated with sex. So try some of those. The next is communication. This one is humongous. This probably could have gone all the way at the beginning, but it's kind of woven throughout each factor that I'm talking about. But communication is humongous because without it, we can't tell our partners or whoever we are with what we like and what we don't, what we need, what's lacking, what the problem is. This is important in any relationship, even the one with yourself. But the ways to improve communication, again, therapy is a beautiful way to have some third party there that's unbiased so that you can work through any barriers that you're experiencing in a safe space. And if you are struggling to talk about sex with your partner, it is a really sensitive topic. I know it's not easy to just chat about over dinner. There are a couple ways that make it a little bit easier to do. For me, my favorite way to have these types of hard conversations is to do it while I'm in motion in some way. Because typically, if you are moving in some way, you don't have to look directly at the person. And by avoiding that piece of eye contact, that can help to continue to talk about a difficult topic. And just the act of moving forward can help you progress through a topic as well. So I love to have these kinds of conversations in the car because we're both looking forward or on walks. That's the other place that I love to talk about things that are difficult because there's the act of moving forward, which helps. And then also I don't have to look at the person directly, which also makes it easier. And then the other thing, if you're not if you're really struggling to, to say things out loud, you can always write it down and share that with your partner. If you feel like you can express yourself better through words, that is one way to begin as well. OK, so <laughs> I have like 400 more on my list. And of course, I could talk about this forever. But I think that those ones were some of the big highlights that I, I hope this was helpful. Even just talking about it and listening to a podcast like this one that can be really uncomfortable, I think just normalizing this conversation is a huge piece in moving forward and improving sexual health. So just to recap, some of the common barriers are low libido, low levels of arousal, distraction, shame and trauma, and communication. Those are the big ones that I spoke about today. So start with something simple. Start to identify what's going on for you, what feels like it might be in the way, and do some self-exploration. What do you need? What do you like? What's missing right now? Do some exploration of what feels good for you, what actually is satisfying, and then start to communicate that with your partner if you do have one. I think that that communication piece is vital when it comes to the relationship aspect. We have to be able to tell our partner what we enjoy. You deserve to feel good. You deserve to experience that satisfaction, to experience pleasure. Your body and your sexual health is nothing to be ashamed of. And I know you can't just turn that off. It takes work to get through that feeling of shame or guilt or being sinful or whatever barriers you might be experiencing in that way. But I want you to know that you deserve to feel good and that we have to start to normalize these conversations and put ourselves first. So I hope that this episode was helpful. I know it's a sensitive topic. So if you got through it, I am so proud of you because I know that this isn't always easy to talk about. If you guys are interested in talking about this topic more, please let me know. I'm happy to dive even deeper and bring on some experts that can help educate us even further. So let me know. But this week, put yourself first, do something satisfying and fun, and I'll see you next time. Thank you so much for allowing me to take up a little bit of your brain space today. Like seriously, it means the world to me. If you connected with this episode, it would be amazing if you could share it with your friends and tag me at Ashley O'Show so that I can personally thank you. That way, we can build an army of badass women who believe in themselves that will take the world by storm. I cannot wait to see what we make possible.